Hello, my name is Xavier Mercado, and this is Spearhead Conversations. Today, I'm joined by special guest, Diane Carrier, Guy Costello, and Joanna Rizzato. These three are very impactful people in my life. And uh, throughout my life, uh, they've watched me turn from a boy into a man. Together, um, they have 84 years of teaching and educating, um, education. But um, today uh, is a special one for me. So uh, without further ado, how are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> Good to be here. Oh, yeah. So let's, let's start from your end, um, your introduction, just so... Everyone knows. And then uh, from there, we will. Yeah, sure. So I'm Diane Carrier awesome. and I teach at Lakeview School and I teach I, I teach this year. I teach fourth grade, but I've taught third, fourth and fifth. And I had the pleasure of having had having you many yes. moons ago. Alumni, you know, yep, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you uh, I'm Guy Costello. Um, I taught for 16 years at Lakeview mm-hmm. with okay. Diane and with you as my student in fifth grade. Awesome. Um, I left for three years to go to serve as vice president of our state union. Oh, wow. And uh, came back. And uh, when I came back, I went to the middle school. So I got oh. five years in the middle school. But you were yep. you were gone. Flag on. <laughs> Done. Out. <laughs> so I only got you once. <laughs> And my name is Joanna Rosado. I've been a teacher for 27 years, um, six down in Kenosha and the others, 21 in South Milwaukee. Um, I do alternative education now. Um, back in the day, I used to do more English. And right, I had the, you and I were together through your high school years. Aww. Yes, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love you three. You have seen... Uh, the evolution of Xavier. <laughs> but before we go on, I want to do this. Oh. I love you guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. We got you on the platform today. We have a lot of conversation to go through. But um, I really want to take it in depth into who you, you are. So with that being said, um, let's jump in. Okay. All right. We'll start off with you, Diane. Where were you born? Ooh, I was born in Cudahy. (laughs) (laughs) A Trinity Hospital. Oh, wow. Um, Technically. Uh, South Milwaukee. So I grew up in South Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. went to school in South Milwaukee. I, all the way up through high school, I was in South Milwaukee. And, And then I got a job in started teaching in South Milwaukee and I lived in South Milwaukee for many years. And then when I got married, uh, we bought a house right in Oak Creek. It's literally five minutes across the border. <laughs> so I am so South Milwaukee. Yeah. It's not even funny. There you go. Like I frequent, I'm probably in South Milwaukee more than I am. In Oak Creek? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Because, you know, think of Milwaukee Avenue. Yeah. Okay. So we've got Moran's. Yep. We've got the Sausage Company. Uh, definitely. Mari's Flowers. 
Mm-hmm. Now there's Bakehouse 23. I know. I just heard of that one. Oh I my need gosh, a, you yeah. have to go there. It's so good. Yeah. And the tap room and just other places that yeah that I frequent. So, yeah, I, I spend a lot of time in South Milwaukee. Plus, you know, I'm at Grand Park a lot. I see Guy Costello there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was just there today. Oh, you uh, were? Yeah. Yeah. I'm retired. I'm, you you two know. are working. I'm <laughs> kicking back and taking it easy. Not for long. Uh, um, Costello, where were you born? I was born in Ithaca, New York. Ithaca. Yeah, the Finger Lakes of upstate New York. There we go. And that's how I became a Yankee fan, which is uh, that's right. Bonded Xavier and I. That's all we go every fifth grade and forever. Yep, fifth grade. I told <laughs> for those that don't know, I told Mr. Costello when I graduated from his class, class of two thousand. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I told him when the Yankees come to town, we will go to a baseball game, and uh, yeah, the, we did. We did, and it's been going strong since two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, was that? Yeah, that was probably the first one we went. Yeah, to, to D- Derek Jeter, the farewell tour. Mm. Mm-hmm. Jeter. It was on Mother's Day. I remember it. And Bam. your brother with the Yankee flag. Yep, he had the big, huge flag. <laughs> but I've always loved you because in in class, you man, you brought so much New York into the classroom. Uh, I remember um, recesses we play uh, stickball. You you taught us how to play stickball. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Oh, man. How about you, Mr. Zotto? Um, I was born in Kenosha. 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 Tremper. Yeah, that's where I went to high school. So I was born in Kenosha. And then I came up to school at UW-Milwaukee, and that's where I got my little flavor for Milwaukee. And so I've lived in Milwaukee since I left home for college. Yeah. Um, but I did teach in Kenosha, but I would commute from Milwaukee to Kenosha those years. Man. I know. And then when I had Dominic and started breastfeeding and yeah. stuff, I couldn't. I Let's just like, be grateful you didn't have the gas prices that we right. have right now. <laughs> and so then I was no longer interested in the commute. And I came up to South Milwaukee to teach. Look at that. So, yeah, and my commute turned to like seven minutes. Mm. So right. that was nice. really nice. Man, good old South Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. How was, it, how was the childhood? Oh, I, okay, I was one of seven. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. And I, my, so my mom stayed home with us kids. When you have seven, you kind of have to. And we're all like a year apart. Yeah. So it was one after the other. Oh, seven. Goodness. Yeah. So, and my dad was a plumber. So my dad went and worked. And then my mom stayed home with us. I had a fabulous childhood. Yeah. I had, we had an instant football team. Yeah. <laughs> we played base runner in our front yard. Like we had the path. Yeah. Um, I loved, I, we, we always did little league. My yeah. parents were for many years. They were the um, the candy. You know how you sold candy bars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're on Little League, you're obligated to sell the candy bars. My parents mm-hmm. would be the managers of that. Yeah. So every year, a semi truck would pull up to the house, and we would get all these volunteers, and we'd unload these candy bars into the basement through the window. Oh wow! But they made a roller like a <laughs> you know a conveyor belt type thing. Yeah. And we would just unload these candy bars. So. We were really involved in baseball all my whole growing up. And I I was pretty good at it. I was pretty good at softball. I was made go. the all-star team. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like I had a really nice childhood. Yeah. I enjoyed 
growing up in South Milwaukee and doing what I did. I enjoyed South Milwaukee. I remember playing the Little League, uh, the Cubs, the good old Cubs. Um, yeah, and I played Triple A. I never played Double A. I played Triple A, and then I went up to. I got called up to the majors. You know what I mean? And Woo-hoo. that's when I was on the Orioles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. How, how about you, Costello? How was your childhood? Well, I want Diane to know I bought a hell of a lot of those candy bars over the <laughs> 24 years. The caramel was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I tended to go for the almond, but oh, I probably that's... still have some somewhere in my house. Um, I, I was very lucky. I had a wonderful childhood. Ithaca, New York was a great place to grow up, and the 60s were a great time to grow up. Yeah. You know, I think of the uh, kind of equality of that of that time. Oh, People okay. weren't that different. There wasn't the sort of disparity, disparity of the haves and have-nots. I mean, most yeah. people were all right here yeah. in the middle. Not that mm-hmm. different, you know? And uh, you could go anywhere. You could ride your bike. You could go in the woods. You could go downtown. You could... It was just a, a wonderful time. And yeah. sports and um, being outside a lot. I was very lucky. Mm-hmm. Very lucky. We were... Um, my family... Uh, I love my mom for this, but um, I'm very grateful for this. Um, we moved at a young age to South Milwaukee. You were my first teacher in South Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lakeview was down the block from my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the neighborhood I grew up in, it was just a hub of all different uh, type of nationalities, cultures. It was a melting pot. It reminded me a lot of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, low-income housing, but I'm very proud of where I came from um, through there. You know, it w- it set a foundation going forward with my life. And I still have lifelong friends that I'm friends with till today, um, you know. And it, I think that is truly a special thing about South Milwaukee for me. So I'm just listening to how you said it. It's all together. That's how I felt growing up. Good. How me too. Thing? Yeah. How about you? How about you, Miss? Uh, myself. I'm like, how would I describe my childhood? <laughs> I was one of six, mm. um, kind of in the middle. Um, and I don't know. Like, I think it was fine. I feel like I had a lot of responsibility. Yeah. You know, as a child, and but no complaints. But I, I have always. Anyone who knows me, I've always kind of like parented my mom. Yeah. And so uh, that I think about. Um, I I had a lot of responsibilities. I liked working. I liked working from a young age. Like I always was doing something like at a paper route. Yeah. You know, and then I babysat for just about everybody. I liked to make money and have my own money. That's right, independent. Um, where, uh, can right. I ask you something? Where were you in the six? I'm number I'm curious three. Where you were in the seven. You were th- three. I'm three. You're three. So you're one of the big sisters. Yeah. I was you? the second youngest. Mm. So, yeah, I was, I was, I'm not going to say I was babied, but I feel like by the time my parents got to. They were music, relaxed. They were relaxed <laughs> and chill. Right. We had we grew up we were right down Ninth Avenue so we had the woods behind we had the tracks right behind our house and then we had all these woods mm. and and there was a pond back there right now mm. where Franciscan Villa is mm-hmm. there was a pond yeah. and we would play back there like I I totally hear it was so relaxed we mm. just 
we were outside all the time. We played kick the can. It was endless playing mm. in our neighborhood. We had a, a neighborhood full of kids yeah. my age, little younger, and a little older. That's... It was like, it was so fun. Talking about where you lived, um, they're redoing that whole area by Columbia. They, yeah. They've like revamped that that yes. part of South Milwaukee. And I'm like, the other day I was driving through and I'm like, holy cow. It actually looks, you're talking about when you go over the tracks. Yeah, and yeah. It, yeah, it looks really kind of nice. Yeah, they got the storage units there mm-hmm. now across the street. I think that that's been a, um, that's been a business that has been there for a long, a long time, time and they've grown. But to see their growth is, holy, Yeah. now it's all, they, they know what they're doing. <laughs> it's so much better to drive that way now than, you know, 20 years ago. No, I'm telling you, when I, we used to hop over fences and, and me and Adrian Dills, I don't know if you remember Adrian Dills, but um, yeah, we, we used to, we used to, we used to do our thing. <laughs> we used to do our thing. Can't put too much of that out there. <laughs> so um, what triggered your passion for education? Mm, I think I I tell different pieces of this in different places, but I think I, again, I have always been a nurturer. And I when I was saying I did all these jobs, I babysat for lots of people because I enjoyed it, you know. Um, and so it started young. There was first I remember the only thing I wanted to be was a mom. That is what I would tell people. And they'd be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd say a mom. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, it did become teaching, um, where I would say I knew I wanted to be a teacher. But part of that did come from, I share the story that, you know, my dad is from Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and he only had, he went up to fourth grade education in Puerto Rico. Like you didn't yeah. continue on. Oh yeah, yeah. Even beyond sixth grade, I think was the, the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, At the time when I was in fourth grade, my dad was going to the Spanish Center to to work toward his GED. Gotcha. Um, And so I would be helping him with his homework. Homework. Yeah. I was like, we both in fourth grade. (laughs) Um, Yo, what up, Dad? Right. And uh, and he would tell me, he'd be like, oh, you would be a good teacher. You'd be a good teacher. Um, And so that's part of it. But really then I just, I just always, I knew it. I felt it. I, and no one in my family had, you know, I'm a first generation high school graduate. Like neither of my parents graduated from high school. Nobody went to college. It was just something that I kind of like parroted, you know, when I'd be like, I want to be a teacher. And then I don't know. I think a high school counselor was like, well, if you really want to do that, you'll have to go to college. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, how do you do that? You know, and um, I remember that journey was a little interesting to me, too, because I'm very serious. Like, I was like, okay, how do you do that? And she, like, helped me with the application. But I didn't know anything about, like, financial aid Mm -hmm. or how you would pay for it and whatever. And, And literally, my mom would tell me that I couldn't go to college. She'd be like, yeah. you don't go to college. That's for rich bitches. We ain't no rich bitches up <laughs> yeah. in here. We ain't doing that. Um, and so, you know, I there was a woman at my school who was like a aide, like a the library aide, but who I also just knew, like I was friends with her son. 
and we went to the same church. Yeah. And she ended up putting my name in for a scholarship. Um, that was no strings attached. Like it was cash. There was a, a old man in our town who owned jewelry stores and he was giving money to mm-hmm. kids who were average students. Yeah. So even oh. that, like you, you only needed a C average to get Mr. Garb's money. And, um, anyway, she had put my name in for that. And that, like I got, I think it was $3,000 and, that is what I used as like a down payment and everything. And I remember looking at that check because it was just a check. Like a lot of scholarships, you got to like show your grades first mm-hmm. and this and that. And I remember thinking like, I can buy me a car with this. <laughs> there we go. Or I can go to whatever. And so anyway, more of a story there. But then, you know, then I really did make it to college to be a teacher. And here you are. And here I am. How about you, Costello? You know, I was sitting here thinking about it as you, as Rosanna, uh, Joanna was talking. Um, my dad was a teacher. Okay. Mm. But almost more so, I have this very strong memory. And I've talked, I, there were just two of us growing up, me and an older sister. Mm-hmm. And um, we would, after dinner, um, and he often cooked. He, he was a teacher. He got home early and he'd make dinner. But like after dinner, we'd sit and talk about things going on in the world yeah, and in the country. And, and he was like, you know, Roosevelt Kennedy Democrat. And <laughs> so we just talk about things and it just got me interested. Yeah. And, um, I had, I had thought about <clears throat> going to teaching initially, but then I did some other work. I did union work for a while. I worked with the farm workers union and, mm-hmm. um, another union and, and some organizing work in Chicago uh, but I think it's a combination of those two things. Yeah. Um, then my sister became a teacher. I mean, this was, mm-hmm. it kind of all added to it. But more, I think it was just that thing of talking about the world as a little kid and being and being respected that way. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I think it helped form some things for me too as a, a teacher. That's that's awesome. How about you, Miss Karen? Um. <clears throat> I yeah I too was thinking where did it begin for me it probably it probably began in my actual school experience I loved school yeah but I was I loved the social I loved being with the kids and I was a goofball and I liked attention and I loved my teachers it was never negative or bad or hurtful it was always funny and um but then, do you remember the Honakis, Darren, Mr. Honaki, Darren Honaki, Debbie Honaki? Mm-hmm. Mr. Honaki taught um, Fayed, right? Fayed and Health. Yes. Yeah, he was an elementary gym teacher. I don't. Well, you, you know taught- what? You might be. You might have been out. You've been out for a while, so yeah. you probably don't know him. But his mom, um, they moved across the street from us. Debbie and Dave Honaki moved across the street from us. Yeah. And. Um, they were a young couple and they started to have kids. Darren was the first one. And I babysat for them. Like <laughs> he was just when they moved in, he was probably maybe one. And then soon after, Diane Honaki was born. And I babysat those two forever and a day. And then I would babysit babysit them and their cousins. And then they took me on vacations. And yeah. I just was, I was a caretaker. And I liked to organize 
and I was a playground director mm-hmm. every summer. Mm-hmm. I that's just what I did. I love I love being around kids. Like that's the thing. And I even today like I love being around my nieces and nephews. Yeah. They are I I hate to say this, but I'd rather be with them than with <laughs> my siblings. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I just love the younger people. Yeah. I just love hanging out with them. So that's, I think that's how it kind of started for me. Wow. Well, you know, education for, like, especially going when I was that young and I went to Lakeview, you two made it. So it was for me to not really feel understood mm-hmm. because of the type of student I was. I mean, we both know what, I mean, all three of you know what type of student I was. I had a lot of high energy, and you guys were really, really patient with me. Really? I never noticed that. Yeah, you kids. know? <laughs> I, I saw a charismatic kid. Yeah, That's what I, I remember. Yeah. You say you were all over the place. I just remember, you. yeah, you were high energy, but you would just have this charisma. Yeah. You yeah. were liked. People liked you. You were funny. Yeah. You were fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I, and I, I saw all that, positive. And I, I felt that too. I mean, you, you couldn't help but feel your energy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was all over the place. <laughs> I but mean, you're immediately just charming. How can you not like Xavier? Yeah. Yes. I mean, and, and seriously, I remember thinking, you know, he's battling this stuff now but mm-hmm. when he gets older yeah this could really work to his advantage mm-hmm. to have that kind of energy it really has and charisma <laughs> and uh it has i think it has mm-hmm. very much well and hearing everybody talk their background it makes sense you know i could hear in all of us mm-hmm. pieces of you you know like now yeah. like again i know these guys i know you but mm-hmm. now yeah. i can even hear more the connection yeah you know yeah. what i mean or what it i love how it like was. Cause you, you three, I always I, somehow I keep I, you know, you you have this feeling of people you need in your life mm-hmm. to ground you. Cause I mean, I'm I'm blessed enough because most people don't have what I have. But the way I am as a person in making connections, I'm really one. If we strike it off the right way, you have a friend for life. Yeah. You know, and and I love I love people. You know what I mean? It, it's it's a strength and it's a weakness, you know, but overall it's something I've learned to hone. And just with that, you know, having you three in front of me right now, it's, this is like success to me, you know, your careers have stood out and, you know, I've been proud to say I was a student of yours. So it's, I love you guys. You'll hear that. <laughs> well, and that the goes that goes two ways. I was always, you know how we would run into each other all the time around town. Yes. I was so proud when you would come up and hug me. <laughs> my my friends are with me, and yeah. this student that I had so many years ago, mm-hmm. every for the last how many years, every time I see you, you come up and you're like you you touch base and you hug me, and I'm like, this is my student. This is my <laughs> student. So that goes both ways. It yeah. really does. At what point, um, you know, you guys have been. Uh, you're decorated in, in education at South Milwaukee, but when did you get your foot in the door with becoming an educator? Okay, so I graduated, I was 22. Yeah. No, I was 21. No, I was 22. And I, that was back in the day, so I, I applied at in South Milwaukee. Yeah. I walked to into each school. That was back when 
We didn't have we can we didn't or whatever it's the even internet. called. Yeah, we didn't have the internet. Yeah, like I hit the pavement. I had pretty resumes. Yeah. They they smelled pretty and they were on pretty marbly blue paper, <laughs> and I just hit the pavement. Now I I had a couple advantages. One is I was born and raised in South Milwaukee. Yes, I knew a lot of people. Mm-hmm. My parents were very involved in the athletic program and all the things that because I was the second youngest. All my older siblings, they were all athletes, most of them, and they were involved in a lot of things. So we knew a lot of people. And then I was a playground director. So I, yeah, I yeah. feel like I had so many, I got in pretty So quickly. many, yeah. I mean, I did, yeah. I, I had to interview, of course. I mean, mm-hmm, of course. I interviewed and I feel like I knocked it out of the park. I interviewed with Mike Bigley. And Mr. Bigley. Mr. Bigley and Andy <laughs> Hynowski. And I just felt like Mike and I, we just, I think we spoke the same language. Well, Mr. Bigley was next door to your class when yes. I was in class. Yeah. Yep. It was, and then you were all the way at the ending of the hall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who I seen the other day at Lakeview? Miss um, Hip. Yes. And now she's a substitute teacher, but she was my fourth grade teacher. And I always remember her class because of Vince Condella. Oh my God. Because <laughs> we did weather in her class. And she also taught us how to write cursive, which yes. is, man, I. I don't know if they teach it in school. Someone told me they don't, but I'm just in my head. I'm like, why would you why would you not yeah. teach cursive? Such a beautiful art. We could say that, you know. Um, but man, how about you? How did you? Uh, how did you get your foot in the door? Well, you know, I'd always thought about being a teacher, but then other things were kind of taking me in other directions. And um, work with the farm workers, the boycotts around the country, and in California and in Chicago, the work I did. But still kept thinking about being a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then after. Uh, my first daughter was born, who graduated yeah. with you. That's Leah, right. You know. Leah. <laughs> um, I just started thinking, wow, well, I, you know, I got to figure this out. I got to make a life with this. And how can I do that? I, I, I like the political work, but I want something more permanent. I've always loved teaching. And so I went back to school. So I went back to school in my 30s and um, got my teaching certification. Mm-hmm. And went to a job fair uh, on Michigan Avenue in Milwaukee. Yeah. There was a recruiter from um, the Milwaukee MPS. Yeah. But he was there to recruit uh, teachers of color. Yeah. But he had this sort of side gig to, to uh, also get people <laughs> for some of the suburban schools. Yeah. So he, he gave me two things, one for Whitefish Bay, one for South Milwaukee. And I got interviews with both. And I have to say, you know, thank God I didn't get the job in Whitefish Bay because that's the one I had first. But I learned a lot from it. The second one with Andy Hanowski and mm-hmm. Gary Schumacher. Yep. I think. Um, and I got the job. And so I, I didn't start teaching till I was, I to forget that, 36. Wow. So I was like 15 years behind, uh, at least Diane. What was know. your first year at, in, at Lakeview? 91. Fall okay. of 91. Yeah. Yeah. I was born in 89, just to put perspective on oh, my people. No. Yeah. Mm. You and Leah. Love you. <laughs> yeah. I graduated high school in 91. Oh there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Is my cane somewhere near here? <laughs> <laughs> 
How are you, Joanna? Oh well, okay, I kind of told some of it before. So my first, I went to UW-Milwaukee, and I actually was in what, something that was called the uh, Minority Early Teaching Contract Program mm -hmm. that was supposed to guarantee a teaching contract to minority candidates in Milwaukee Public Schools. Okay. Um, and so I did that program, loved it, and had my heart completely set on working in Milwaukee Public Schools. And then there really were no positions. This was a time where it was saturated mm. with English People positions. Were getting laid off. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it was saturated in English and social studies. And so I was bummed about that. Interesting thing is, I interviewed at South Milwaukee at that time, was not offered the job, and then got a call like during the summer from my former principal at my high school. So again, again, this is before the internet. And I had had connections with a couple of my teachers from high school still. So they knew. And so he called me and was like, hey, I heard you're graduating with an English degree. Would you like to come mm -hmm. interview for this job? Wow. And I was like, sure. And so I remember it was the craziest thing because I went and interviewed with a bunch of my, you know, I was, yeah. I loved English. So these were my teachers that I really liked. They were all. And I remember going home and saying to Ryan, he's like, how'd it go? I'm like, well, it felt like a reunion. Like they didn't ask me any questions about teaching. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm like, so I don't know if it was like, you know, if because what I had learned from the South Milwaukee thing that I didn't get was that whole thing of like they just ask us, you know, they have to interview three people. Because, you know, so I'm like, maybe yeah. I was just the person, you know, because they really didn't ask me any questions about teaching. I'm like, maybe I was just the person they th threw yeah. in there. Um, but then, like, get it during that conversation, <laughs> then the principal called and offered me the job. So I got to start out in my my first job in my high school with my old wow. teachers. And I thought that really was amazing. It was that a great way awesome. to start because I knew the building. I knew the people. And they, you know, teachers are great. You know, they really mm -hmm. took care of me. They you took know, you under the wing. And helped me and made sure I was a strong union member right off the bat. They had me on the picket That's line good. right away. <laughs> um, and um, so and great. so, right, I did that. And then years later, it was, again, my Kenosha connection. Dick Regner was the principal uh -huh. at the high school in South Milwaukee. Right. He had been my principal when I was a student. And then when I was a teacher, he was a district administrator. Mm -hmm. And so I had run into him and he was like, we need your thing up in South Milwaukee. Cause I had always done this at risk kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he brought me over to South Milwaukee high school oh, in 2002. Oh, snappy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was just in time. I was, that I came in 03. Yeah. 03 to 04. Okay. And yeah, that was the first year you were setting up your your Read 180, Read 180. program. And yeah. then I slid right in there. I didn't want to be in that. I right. was like, I put up this fight. I'm like, I'm not dumb. I can read. Yep. And, um, well, once you get in the class, then I met you. And then you made it You made it homely. Well, right. <laughs> it was like this, you know, and again, that's kind of like schools position things yeah. poorly. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, kids, you have to be here because of this score. Yeah, yeah nobody wants to do that. Mm -mm. Um, mm -hmm. And so, right. What is... Um, what has been most important to you since you started teaching? Oh, what's always been most important to me is my students' happiness. Okay. You know, just I want 
I want people to be happy, feel balanced, love themselves. I got to say, you always looked out for me. You did protect me. You were my guardian in high school because I know I know they wanted to give me the boot a couple times. And if it hadn't been because of you, um, my path would have been a lot different. So I, I want to thank you for that. Yeah, well, you know, you help me as much as I help you. And yeah. I, you know, people don't like to hear that. They're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. This system is harsh yeah. to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that's my whole, like, I'm a, I want people to be balanced, healthy. I'm a child advocate and a protector. Yeah. I believe. Children. It's been most important for you, Costello. I think the relationships mm-hmm. that I'd built and, and worked at trying to build mm-hmm. as a teacher, yeah. both with the kids that I worked with, and uh, the parents that I worked with. I mean, I think of your mom. Yeah. And the relationship I built with her, you know, <laughs> as we worked together to kind of help you through that year. Yeah. And uh, um, this go back to the farm works. This farm worker organizer I knew once years ago, he, he had gotten one of those MacArthur fellowships. Yep. And I said, you know, um, what'd you learn? I saw him later and he goes, relationships are everything. Mm-hmm. And that's really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've tried to do that. And, you know, as you say, and c- care about the kids. Um, we need to teach. We need to get, give them some substance that yeah. way, mm-hmm. um, especially with fifth grade. I felt like, man, that's like life curriculum. You can do fifth grade. You can do life. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what I, I, I don't mean to cut you out. You know what okay. I thought was the coolest thing when we went to that first Yankee game together? Yeah. And this speaks so much volume on relationships. The picture I brought to that game was a picture of you in class, and I'm right in the front, and you're behind me, and I'm right here, but I'm wearing a Yankee cap. No, I was wearing a Yankee shirt, and you were wearing a Yankee cap. (laughs) And I always thought that was cool. And I really felt like our fifth grade year off of you talking about relationships, it was was a, you know what I mean? It was a male figure, one, and it was somebody who really I saw take their time with me. I remember one time I was having a fit in the bathroom and you came in and, um, you know, I was just throwing this fit and you, it was like being on the edge of a building and you talked to me down. And then I finally, you know, after crying and I'm, I'm like, just all, it, it was hard. It was hard wow. through elementary. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you remember I, I had, they were Ritalin, Adderall, uh, antidepressants. They they were going through all this medication, thinking this is what I needed, and mm. and I I'll never forget yeah. one time, Xavier, <laughs> that I took the kids to lunch, yeah, and came back, and you were in that you know where you were going through all those different drugs. You were so yep. knocked out, tired. You were asleep at your desk, yep. And I hadn't noticed that you'd gotten up in line, and they hadn't gotten in line, yeah. And, uh, you made a lot of progress through that year. I did. I did. And, you know, um, it was a learning. But I, I'm listening to you and how you talk about relationships, and that's a testament to the type of relationship we we created together. Mm. How about you, Ms. Gary? Um, I, I work really hard, um, like really intentionally try to create a culture in my classroom where kids 
feel loved. Mm-hmm. Like we use that word love. Yeah. And they feel valued and they have a voice. Yeah. Um, we do family class meetings once a week ish. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if things are stressful, we might do it twice a week. They last for about an hour and it's a time for them to talk about what's on their minds. It could be something at home. Sometimes things come up from home. Um, and then the other kids, it's just magical. Like I, I just, I live for it. I love it. It's the best hour of my week or two hours of my week. It depends on how many times we have to do them, but kids get a chance to, um, lift others. Yeah. They get a chance to speak their piece. What has hurt them? Mm-hmm. What has offended them? Um, other kids gather around. Yeah. It's just, it's a beautiful time. So, I feel like that's one of the things I'm most proud of walking Mm -hmm. away from that is really difficult because I just, that fills me. Well, you you talk about that and that right there is what I felt in your class. Mm. This type of motherly love, this embracement of me, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Being different and not feeling that that way. I I felt different, but when I was in your class, you know, the way you taught me, yeah. it was like there was no judgment and right. it was, it was, I was free to grow. Yes. And, and you I were free to be who you were. Wanted to be. And, and I feel, you know, and with a lot of educators uh, right now, mm-hmm. tr- when you try to force a relationship or you try to force some type of um, correction, I'll yeah. put it like that, that's not the way. Just take your time out, step to the side and see what's going on with this student. Cause that's one thing you guys all have in common. You stood to the side and you saw me from a different view and you, you analyzed and then you went in and that's how we created this bond. And, you know, I'm so proud of man. You're, you're retiring this year. You know, you just (laughs) missed the twins. You I just, know, by one year. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to teach him this year, and then you no. went up to fourth grade. You went up to <laughs> no, fourth grade. I've been in fourth grade. You've been I, in fourth I've grade. I've been in fourth grade. Oh, my God. For a while. But we thought we were going to one more year, <laughs> and I would have the twins. But, yeah, that didn't happen. Well, I'm sad about that. Hey, don't worry. But, I, you know, what I have appreciated is how you and your, like, you and Sarah mm-hmm. and Jeannie. um Sarah's mom, right? Jeannie, yeah. Every, every for the last four years since kindergarten, mm-hmm. you guys every year you'll pop into my room for every event. Oh yeah. Whether it's open house or whatever else is going on, you guys oh, conferences. Yep. Multiple times a year, and yeah, the hugs and it's a love. So I feel like I got to know your kids a little bit, but yeah, that is unfortunate. <laughs> Sorry, Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> is it good? From from when you began teaching to now, how do you feel the the landscape has changed? It's that's a tough one. I'm sure Joanna can go on, okay, on we'll and go. on about that one. <laughs> She's the anchor. Yeah, maybe we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the anchor. Well. Do you uh, want to go? Yeah, I think you should go last because I think okay, you're going to yeah. have, you're going to, like, you're going to be, I don't know, I'm, you're going to be the one to, like, this Grand Slam. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Get us on the bases and then Joanna will bring it on home. <laughs> um, 
I guess I feel like hmm, I think we've gotten so far away from thinking about what is best for kids. Yeah. And our priorities are just so whacked. It's mm-hmm. it's exhausting and it's discouraging. Yeah. And it's yeah, that that that's my contribution to this. Sorry, yeah. it's not a first, lot, base, but first base, there first base. First base. I'm on first base. <laughs> first <Okay. guy>. base. <laughs> you know, it, I've been out now eight years. Mm-hmm. And it's eight years incredibly fast, yes. Wow. <laughs> um, I cannot believe that. But a couple of things hit me. First of all, what I see these guys have to do right now, yeah, uh, since COVID, during yeah. COVID, mm-hmm. all of that, I don't know if I could do it. The type of like teaching to a laptop because mm-hmm. for the kids at home and the kids in your class, and um. I just don't. They, they, I have all this respect in the world for them, but even more so now. Um, but I, I, I just think that uh, it's just hard for. It's getting harder and harder for for teachers who have the philosophy like these two wonderful women about how you approach students yeah. to teach that way. Because mm-hmm. there's so much teach to the test, and yes. there's new curriculum, and you got to do this and. Um, relationships, love, respect, uh, often get pushed down here versus, um, and I, I think of oh, before I left elementary, yeah. I was I was sitting in the teachers' lounge one day. I was talking to what was the teacher's name? The kindergarten teacher was there. Like they built the school around her, 150 years. She was there. I can't remember her name. <gasps> uh, um, Pop. No, 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 no. Um, Whatever. That okay. doesn't really make a difference. But I said, her first name was Maureen. I said, Maureen, you know, you've been here 45 Watson. years. Watson. Watson. Yeah. Maureen Watson. <laughs> Maureen, you've been here 45 years. You know, what's changed? And she said, well, you know, when I started out in kindergarten, we taught kids their colors and how to hold a pencil and how to draw and how to... Uh, you know, their sit in a circle, their colors, colors and the alphabet and to sing songs and um, to move down the hallway without smacking into each other and um, to be able to sort of to get through a school day, you know, with uh, the sort of personal growth yeah. they learned yeah. um, aside from the subjects. And now I've got <clears throat> a math curriculum, you mm-hmm. know, we're doing assessments in kindergarten yeah and uh we aren't doing those other things and so kids get to second third grade and they can't walk in a line together they can't they can't it's really hard for them to be still they don't know their colors they don't know how to use scissors yeah you know simple things are sort of manipulative things Mm -hmm. and um i just think it's an example of what was lost from the old days versus now Well, and I hear that, and I'm like, right, we've been corporatized yep. is is one way you could just say yep. it, you know. And so I'll say we've lost education mm-hmm. um, in terms of the art of teaching yeah. and the broad scope of what learning actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, so how I've really seen that over my career is when I started out, I was – 
I started out as a 21 year old um, with full autonomy, right? Mm -hmm. To be like, figure out what you're going to teach, how you're going to teach it. Mm -hmm. And that is how I remember becoming good friends with my colleagues. Like I said, Mm -hmm. where they took me under their wing and were like, I use this and this works real. You know, I had a piece of what everybody had. They like gave me all their best stuff. Right. And then I made something from that. Um, And so I'm so thankful that's how I learned to be a teacher. Like I make it all. I can make it all Mm -hmm. and I can assess it all and I can do it all. Um, So that's how it started. And then over the course, it became very technical and told to me and packaged Um, so there's that. And so in that, I say like, right, what was lost was actually education. And now, even when you hear about education, like on the news or how it's portrayed in the media, we're not actually talking about children and how they develop and how they learn. Mm -mm. It's always about like, what is allowed or wasn't allowed or what do politicians think or how should the adults be corralled and handled? And so, I ask everyone to just think about that. Like how much do we actually talk about kids and what they're experiencing and not in the trite way that people are like, we care about the kids. No, like honestly, like what does our society know about child development? What are we using to inform that in the rest of our systems? We don't, that's to me what we've lost is we used to really talk about education and then it got taken away from us in mm-hmm. in packages, and now it's scary because there are people who come into it who really think like those scores are learning, yeah, and they are not. They're not. I've I've never. They are not. I've never ever looked at a test. I know me, and I've never looked at a test and said that test defines who I am as a person. No. Mm. And and a lot of it's uh, a product. You know, it, it's. You know, I, I text messaged you a little short clip yep. of a video. And in this video, it was talking about what has been lost. You know, how schools, they used to, you, they used to teach technical type of things. Your, your wood class and, you know, machine class. And, mm. and little by little, they've taken all of that out. And then they've backdropped on a test scores. Yeah, it's a you know? narrowing of what can be measured. And t- to me, you know, it, it, there's so much potential, but not everyone. And I mentioned this, you know, Educators Amplified is in the building. But um, <laughs> being on your show, I, I mentioned that and I said, you know, not everyone is A, B, C, D. It's it's just not it's not the way it is right now. You have you have to do your homework this day and time to really make that connection with these students. Mm-hmm. I, well, and I t- I yeah. always tell him he knows I'll get defense. Yeah, <laughs> not really, but I'll say like and and teachers know that. Yeah. Teachers know mm-hmm. that it is like the seven kids in the carrier family. Like everybody's different, yeah. and everybody's going to need something different. But we don't work in a system that aligns with that anymore. Like yeah. that, like again, that's where I say it's really kind of like it's we will call it like a McDonald's or a Walmart version of yeah. it, mm-hmm. you know. And and parents, you should question it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you definitely should. And and teachers are trying to. So again, educators at their heart know that it's not cut and dried, but they work in a system that. 
forces them to do that mm-hmm. and does not incentivize them not doing it. So like we happen to be nice and loving people, but that's not really incentivized. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, so, you know, we're, we're dropping bombs right now, obviously. So I just want to put it out there. What ways have, what methods have you used to be successful in um, connecting with your students? I think the main thing is I believe you. I believe children, mm-hmm. you know? And so I remember something that still bothers me now because it happens as an adult. The The education profession is pretty paternalistic. So mm-hmm. again, like as an educator, I'm often talked to like, well, you really don't understand, Joanna. If you did, then you'd understand why we, you know, and so that paternalistic. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and so I believe children. I believe your experience. When you were telling me how you felt, I wasn't like, oh, you shouldn't really feel that way. No, Mr. So-and-so is really nice to you. Mm-hmm. I just believe you and be like, hey, that's how you feel. Yeah, that, that sucks. I always love that about um, you. Right. And so I think a lot of times, anyway, with high school kids in particular, that's a, it's just a natural connection. Mm-hmm. I value their experience. I believe you. I validate who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and like one of my favorite things is in a way to connect is to talk to students about their strengths. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. the special thing you see in them. Um, there you go. right. I think that's, <laughs> and it's just comes natural, but I do think that's where connections come from yeah. is that sharing, sharing what the special thing you see inside somebody with them. Yeah. Castello, during your tenor and your, your great career as an educator. You, you said you built relationships with students, but what were some of the, the, those methods that... Well, I, I think one of the other things I've been thinking about, and especially relates to you, um, <laughs> creating kind of experiences outside of the classroom mm-hmm. or from the, you know, in addition to the... When did we start? 8 o'clock till 3 o'clock? Yep. Um and it took me three years to get a principal to agree to let us take kids to camp. Oh, wow. And, and we, I finally got a principal who said That yes. was you who got that all started? Yes, he yes. did. And it's still, still going on. Is it, it is still going on. Now you just on. need to get the union side Minicani. going with it and get paid to do all that. <laughs> right. Camp Minicani. It's actually a different camp. Now, you no! Know, I went there, and I can't even tell you what it was. <laughs> it was like, I don't know. Well, I, I, I bring it up because, yeah. it, it, and I'll never forget this about you, Xavier. Yeah. As as a kid who, at that age, struggled in the classroom. Yep. But had that opportunity with camp. Yeah. To suddenly like be an example setter. Yeah. And and a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, as we were talking ahead of time, I was talking about you going up that climbing wall. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> It's only been three seconds, and Xavier's already at the top of the wall ringing the bell. Yeah. But not only that, then you later help some kid who probably wouldn't have thought they could get up that wall, get yeah. up that wall. Yeah. And um, you just needed some place to let your energy go. And it, uh, but there's other things, and other teachers do other things that way. But I think trying to create some of those opportunities too for kids who give them a chance to shine yeah yeah and something different mm-hmm. it's 
There's no doubt energy has always been on my side. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just say one other thing about middle school? It was very interesting then going to middle school. Yeah, that's a big, that's a leaf. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I was proud of like the material that I taught and the things like say about life curriculum in fifth grade. I was proud of that. And middle school, it took me a while, but I finally realized, you know, what I'm teaching in this subject is just going to be gone. It really means next to nothing. Yeah. What sort of counts, again, is, is, you know, helping kids get through this time, Mm -hmm. not feeling, um, you know, damaged or hurt or made to be less. Yeah. And uh, it's 10 times more important at that level in the content. They're going to get the stuff again in high school. Mm -hmm. They're going to get in trade school or or at college. Mm -hmm. But being able to get through middle school healthy, you know, emotionally, is probably the most important thing. Um, I just, I don't, I I could talk more about the family class meetings. Like, I feel like that Mm -hmm. is the thing that really brings my class together. Yeah. Um, uh, I also feel like... um, read-alouds like cuddling together mm-hmm. okay i'm not cuddling with my kids don't get me wrong <laughs> they're cuddling they're on the carpet they're by my feet and we're reading a reading a, a really meaningful chapter book yeah and discussing it and just becoming one with it i don't know there's something about that that brings us together yeah and i know that i've had i've had former students say Oh my gosh! I remember when we read "Where the Red Fern Grows." Yes, you know what I mean. I do. Yes. I remember that. Yes. Oh my I mean, God! The red- <laughs> <laughs> right, like it's just those moments of sitting on the carpet. Like we don't have to say anything. I can just read, but there are looks exchanged, and there is something magical that happens I'm, when you're just together. You bringing up that book? I'm starting to remember boxcar children. Boxcar books. children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But the really the family class meetings, like I just can't believe if people I I think it's a dying thing. And it makes me so very sad. Mm-hmm. And I just hope like I'm on my way out and I feel like I'm one of the only people in my building that still does them. Yeah. Mm. This is something I learned. I can't remember it was a combination of the tribes training back mm-hmm. at the high school many yeah. years ago. And then we did some um, Comer training at Lakeview, and we went to South Dakota and got some training from some uh, other people. And I just, I I think, I don't think this is a real thing. It's just something that I am, I am such a sensitive person, and I love talking about feelings, and I love um, reaching kids in that it, way. Yeah. And I feel like I have a knack for bringing out and making kids want to talk and make them feel accepted and safe um, and, and safe and encourage everybody else. That's the key. It's really not about me. I yeah. like facilitate this meeting. Yeah. It's the kids who do all the comforting. It's the kids who do all of the, um, you know, the touching and reaching for and, Whatever, whatever somebody needs, mm-hmm. it's the kids doing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just facilitate mm-hmm. it. I make it happen. But I also feel like some people are just so, some teachers are so reactive. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to figure out why the child is whatever, mm-hmm. let's just say crying. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't ask the questions. Or if there's an interaction, 
there's, I just have witnessed mm-hmm. people not even asking questions, trying to get to the bottom of it, but more being more reactive. Well, just don't play near each other. I think like, one of the biggest, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, that's okay. I think one of the biggest things that I just grinded my gears growing up is, is that just talk to me. Yeah. Who are you to tell me how I'm feeling? Right. Who are you to tell me you think this medication is working, but you're not taking this medication? I am. When I'm falling asleep in his class, no one knew I sucked my thumb. Guess what? Ritalin did that. And then did I get made fun of for it? Yeah. Did I know how to handle it? Yeah. That that was God-given gift. I never let anyone step on my toes. I always stood 10 tones down, but, you know, not talking to me, not taking what I was saying because of my age and because of who I was. You know, you three are inspiration to me. You are. You know, you are a very strong foundation in my foundation. And, you know, as educators, I feel like it's overlooked, but those are, they're the most important pieces in the development of children that grow to be adults. And the advice I'd give to any educator, understand your students. So as much as you're an inspiration to me, who were inspirations of yours? Starting out with you. Oh, who was an inspiration? Um, Okay, I, so I went to... um, I went to St. John's for elementary school. St. John's was right by Lakeview. It was um, Catholic school. I went there from first grade to eighth grade. And I had a teacher there, Carol Davis, her name was. It's Brett Venn now. Um, she's still. Is, did she teach fourth grade? She was. She substituted. There was a teacher. Her she, name was Ms. Dardis. No. No. Nope, okay. Shannon Dardis. Nope. Okay. Still she teaching. teach. She's still teaching, and she's over at Rawson. Oh wow! But this was um, when I was a kid. When I was in eighth grade, this was my eighth grade teacher. Oh, okay, okay. And I think she, um, not that she made she made it really fun. Mm-hmm. She she was just. Um, I was really like I want to be like her, like I aspired to be like her. Yeah. Um. So because but I saw her, I saw her all the time and I watched her do her craft and I loved how she did things. I mean, I I didn't I don't think I thought that at the moment. Mm -hmm. I was just intrigued by her. So I think she was an inspiration. But the other inspiration for me was Debbie Onaki again. (laughs) She awesome. Yeah, she was. um, I never saw her in the classroom, but I saw how she was with her two children that I babysat. Mm -hmm. She was like. Just amazing. She was an amazing All-star. teacher to her two children. Mm-hmm. So I kind of glamped onto that too. So those mm-hmm. two things were my inspiration. Castello, how about you? Because uh, you started many of them. Yeah, you started off. You you had a a late start to your to you jumping into education. I didn't know what the hell I was doing <laughs> my first year of teaching. Um, and what really helped me were the people around me. Mm-hmm. You know, I always used to say, uh, <clears throat> you can come observe me all you want, you know, uh, but where I really learn is where I get to go in like Diane's classroom and watch her 
or Joanna's classroom and watch her or somebody in another school and watch them. You know, a really veteran teacher, you learn, you yeah. know? And, um, but also, I mean, I think of uh, teachers that I had. My second grade teacher, Miss Bishop, it was probably Mrs. Bishop, but taught me to read because she picked up on the fact that I love the stuff with astronauts in the 1960s. I was one of the blackbirds in second grade. I mean, yeah. I, I, could, I, I really couldn't read, you <laughs> yeah. know, with the reading groups and all that. Mm -hmm. And she picked up that I loved stuff about space and wanted to be an astronaut. And, all that. and so she would, when we go to the library, she'd go with me and get me books about space. And mm. that really motivated me to read and um, just very caring um, so I, yeah, I'd say Miss, Miss Bishop and then my colleagues mm -hmm. were wonderful to me. That's awesome. I think, uh, early inspiration for me, like I said, I did always know I wanted to be a teacher and right. I paid attention and liked them all. But in particular, there was a guy in high school, his name was Terry Lawler mm -hmm. and he was an English teacher. And the funny thing is he was actually never my teacher. It was hmm. just like oh, a wow. teacher that I knew. You know, and yeah. then I, when I would say I wanted to be a teacher, then I was his teacher's aide. So that was it, too, where I remember watching this guy, you know, mm -hmm. and just like watch, you know, like sitting there as like a junior and a senior because I did it two years and like being fascinated with what he did. And in particular, I liked how he connected with every student, you know, mm -hmm. like whether they were really struggling or not, you know, he yeah. was... And he was fully himself, and he was funny, and he was really caring. And I remember sitting there thinking, like, how does he just know everything? You know, <laughs> like, because <laughs> he would just know things. And then, um, so he was really an inspiration. And then when I started teaching, we actually shared a classroom for a while. Okay. And then when I started teaching, I was like, same thing, where I'd be like, how can he just, you know, I'd literally spent time with my notebooks and writing out what yeah. I was going to do. And he'd just show up, you know, and be like, yeah, I think we're going to do this today, you know? And <laughs> I just remember always being like, oh, I can't wait till I can be like that, you know, and just know mm -hmm. as much. But yeah, he was just really, really smart mm -hmm. and really loving and really funny. And yeah, someone I aspired to be like. And then once I started teaching, there's lots of inspiration, but in particular, Miss Kimber. Yeah, yeah, I love Miss Kimber, past class. Yeah. I think that and was past class. She was very influential on me and the softer side of me mm -hmm. yeah. um and so now right she, now she loves kittens yeah she's yes. she always has i but love all her facebook I videos her, you know i love, her, love her voice and her cats and yes. yeah she's an amazing person and was a fantastic educator and mm -hmm. spent so much time with me and the way that i mean her and i we figured out how to keep you all through high school. That, that's exactly you know, like what I was going to say. We did. Like, we had to, like, navigate this system because yeah. it'd be like, you can only take pass once and you can only be in Read 180 once. And, like, oh. we would mm -hmm. figure out how one of us always would have yep. Xavier. Oh. And so that all four years that's of high school. That's what I meant. <laughs> They really, <laughs> they this, took care of they you. yeah, they took care of me. Yeah. They they really were guardians of mine. That's mm -hmm. why I, in the beginning of this interview, I said, hey, you know, without her, I know they wanted to boot me out. Believe me, oh, I and knew. Oh, it came close. It right. came close. And, um, <laughs> you know, that right there, just the lengths. Right. 
again, educators, how important they are. You know, um, I wasn't a bad kid. I was going through a lot, mm -hmm. but I wasn't a bad kid. No. I just, you know, I felt misunderstood. There was there was a lot going in the background. I won't get too much into it, but I struggled. Mm -hmm. I struggled with my emotions. I struggled with the the reality of needing a man in my life for for direction. Um, I there was there was this battle going on within me, and nobody could see it. You've seen right through it. I you broke you broke down my walls. And then I, I confided in you, and through that, you, you, Miss Kimber, the selected few that just they took they took me in and they yeah. they protected me, and and it, I got to walk that stage. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's, but it doesn't end there, and that's the reason why I have like this connection with you guys, and you know I feel it's so so strong. When you started your careers, you had a picture in your head of what success looked like. Now, I know we've gone through what educators face in this landscape right now. But in the beginning, before you had ever stepped foot into an actual classroom and, 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 and taught a student, what did you feel was, was success? Let's start off with you. Oh, I don't know. When you talked about it, I remember the picture I had of myself because I had a picture yeah. of like what I was wearing. Like, <laughs> like when I'm going to be a teacher, it was like Valley Girl was like Valley Girl outfits, yes, like mini yeah, skirt, yeah. puffy. But like I could picture like that's the outfit I'm going to be wearing. Um, so I definitely had this picture of my head of like what my teaching outfit would be. Um, but success. I don't know. I guess it was just to feel the way that I felt when I knew I was in a class where someone really loved me and liked me, yep. you know? Um, so I think that that would be it. You know, I'm not about, this is, I'm not about accolades and things out mm -hmm. front. I'm a Some people find that hard to believe. Remember we were talking to Dr. Shaw about this. Yeah. I actually am a behind the scenes person in terms of, I don't want credit. I don't need credit. I like to just yes. push someone out, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah. So I don't have like a like picture of like when my students go to Harvard or anything like that. <laughs> like, no. Um, you just have me coming into your class and bothering you from time to time. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm back. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I think actually that's the biggest accomplishment, I feel like, or success. And I know you said when I started out, but now would be, right, my biggest success is the relationships I have with yeah. all these kids. You know, like, you're my friend now. Mm -hmm. Like, we just talk. Yeah, we do. You know, so... I love that. Like to me, that's success. That I have all these wonderful friends in my life mm -hmm. that were once my students. Yeah. yeah. That's sweet. <laughs> How about you, Costello? Wow. It uh, <clears throat> a couple of things. One thing I should, I, I'd forgotten about until we we're sitting here in elementary. I don't know if I did it while you were in there, but I had like this. Mr. Costello's pledge. You had to like. I got the kids to sign this thing at the okay at the end of the school year, mm -hmm. and it was uh, always have a book, you know, that you're mm -hmm. reading. Um, 
always vote when you get to be an adult. <laughs> um, be thoughtful to others, you know. And there are some. I'm now. I've even forgotten what's on the list. Mm-hmm. But um, <coughs> I think that's the thing that gives me the greatest goodness in in my heart is when, it, as you say, you run across. No, I see you all the time, but I, yep. and that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. But sometimes you haven't seen person, people for years, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I just went to a, a graduation party for a young woman who graduated from UWM who was a student in middle school, and she's going to be a social worker. There you go. You know, she's going to make a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. It, uh, so you, you see that, or, you know, you're walking somewhere, hey, Mr. C, you know, and it's like some... Six foot three kid who you haven't seen it forever, but you know their face. Yeah. And then you talk with them and you hear, like, a student is a police officer in South Milwaukee. Or yeah. It's being successful, your students being successful, being good people, yeah. um, taking that from you and, and navigating life well gives me a lot of joy. That's a great way before stepping foot and teaching you all to think about. And, and I mean, like I say, I, I feel, you know, and this is from a student's standpoint, I feel like it's overlooked and it shouldn't be. Our educators deal with a lot. I mean, we just came out of a pandemic, you know. Um, I'm glad to see that things are starting to go back the way they yeah. were. But, I mean, you guys even know, and I mean, you're in the trenches, you're there you know there's a lot of work to to wrap around. So how about you? Before you stepped in into a class, what did you feel was success? I I'm I'm racking my brain to like <laughs> go to that place. Yeah. And I I can't get there. I can tell you like I feel like I I've got it now. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. and I feel like it's um what you had said. When you have former students reach out, like I feel like I've done something right. Yeah. I recently had, um, does anybody remember Anthony Cook, Haley Cook? They went to Lakeview. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony is in the service, and he just came home for a week. And Haley, his sister, reached out and said, hey, can we pop over to Lakeview and see you? And I'm like, absolutely. So I gave her some times. Well, it didn't work out this time. Okay. But I was like, the fact that they reached out, and then we have been in touch since, like, they're going to make sure next time he's in town – We'll, we'll meet up somewhere. Mm-hmm. But that to me, like, man, for them to reach out to me, to yeah. me, like of all the people, they reached out to me. That mm-hmm. to me, that just means everything. Yeah. You all are a part of a union. It's been brought up throughout this interview, but we haven't gone into it. <laughs> so I'm going to because this is what you've represented throughout your careers. Mm-hmm. In education, um, you've held held some pretty high positions in this union. Mm-hmm. Um, let's first start off by what is the name of your union? The South Milwaukee Education Association (SMEA) okay. is Which our local s- statewide as part of the Wisconsin Education Association, and that's we- council. No, WEAC. WEAC. You'll hear. Yeah, we're part of WEAC. And then national is the National Education Association. (laughs) So it's like up here, then we kind of scale down. Mm -hmm. Our little local, South Milwaukee Education Association. Mm -hmm. How has that been, you know, through these these representations of educators, you know, 
um, some of the things you've faced, mm -hmm. I can't express because I, I still think people don't understand where our education has gone mm -hmm. and, and the battles that are being fought behind the scenes that no one is seeing. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of pressure on teachers from what I've gathered. I talk to you very often. Yes. Um, I listen into to the episodes. But um, with your union, do you feel that your unions have represented you in the best way possible? I feel like all the things that we're talking about, all the things that are near and dear to your heart, yeah. are only going to happen because our union makes it happen. It's not going to happen uh, through our leaders in our districts. It's just not. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen because the association makes it happen. Yeah. So it's a necessity, and we've got to keep it going. Yeah. And that's why we work our asses off to make sure when we have people come in, new people, mm -hmm. um, we reach out to them and get them on board. Yeah. Because it's really in everybody's best interest. Yeah. That they're part of this. I think so. Yeah. So many people today really have no idea what a union is. Mm -hmm. it, I, you know, I, they yeah. have they have these sort of stereotypes of a union. Yeah. Whether it's a farm worker union or a teacher union or a steel workers union, they really don't know. And I've always believed that at the very heart of it, the very core, is a union gives you a voice mm -hmm. in a place of work. Yep. It's not always going to get you everything that you want and need, mm -hmm. but it assures you a level of a voice to be heard, to be able to speak up, to be able to do the things that need to be done and um, take the positions that we have to for our students and ourselves, yeah. you know, respect for ourselves. And uh, I'm very proud of the fact, I mean, I've been gone eight years, but South Milwaukee, yeah. in a large part because of these two women and a few other women who are still there, yeah, is one of the strongest locals in the state of Wisconsin, as far as people still being members, mm -hmm. as far as uh, our members speaking up, as far Beautiful. as going to demonstrations and things, it's not been an easy time. And um, SMEA, <laughs> thanks to these two, have, has really stood strong. I'm very proud of it. Mm -hmm. Well, union work is some of my most gratifying work as a professional. So there's obviously what I do in the classroom, mm -hmm is awesome and I love it. But this is the way that I get to advocate for my profession, like the things that I was talking about before where I'm mm -hmm. like, here's how learning's been defined and this is what they think is important. And so through my union is how we get to, again, speak as teachers, you know, and lead with love and and advocate. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, again, I'm just reflecting on the conversation in terms of too, even when I told you or early in the conversation where I'm something like, like you identify me as a protector. And I said mm -hmm. something like I'm protective of people and their spirit and who they really are. And that is what I do in my union. Yeah. I, I yep. work with people in their, in some of the most challenging problems they've been through, um, as a professional. And so I love it too, that it brings me a whole, like, I see the whole picture of like, who you are as a person, who you are as a professional, how you are in this system, how this system functions and how it could function better. Um, so it's a huge part of my identity. 
Um, and I think it's a, yeah, uh, under appreciated or overlooked or not or understood. Under, yeah. Yeah. Misunderstood um, or not understood. Right. I was going to say ununderstood, but it didn't really make sense. Uh, so <laughs> it's critical, you know, yeah. in, in every profession, there is an organization of professionals who kind of set the standards for that profession. And actually that is what has, this is why things have gone backwards for children is as unions and teachers unions in particular have been weakened, you don't have that collective voice talking about the profession and setting the standards yeah. for the profession. Does that sound too academic to you? Not You're at all. It? You no, it? I do. I mean, I know that I'll, I I can never miss an, uh, an event because I always get a text from you like, get yeah. down to the Capitol right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's organizing. And get organizing is yep. right through people's values. Yeah. The three of us were just at the Capitol two Together. weeks ago. Together. Well, yeah. that's what I told you. Yeah. He was yeah. busy. I invited yeah. him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, my, my daughter had a dance recital. My daughter and son had dance recital. Recital, so yeah, cool. I would have been up there. You would have threw me a picket sign out of them. Bam, bam. <laughs> we I, had banners, big banners. Oh, I believe it. Big beautiful banners. I saw her interviewing, and and they got a picture. I'm like, okay, Miss Risotto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, that microphone ruins it. People get intimidated when they see the microphone. Yeah. So yeah. Really. Well, you know, um, you know, through time, I mean. You'll get the earpiece and you won't need the, right. yeah, through time, through time. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, what do you hope to leave? I, Diane, you yeah. are, you're retiring. Yes. And this has been 33 years <gasps> 33 of. 33 years. Education. At Lakeview. At Lakeview. Yep. Lakeview. <laughs> what do you hope to leave behind as a legacy? Um. Hmm. I just hope um, that people, when they think about me, mm -hmm. they think about a person who just gave their soul, like their whole soul to the kids. Mm -hmm. I love these kids. And I hope that, I hope that's what I leave behind. I just have this heart full of love for these kids. Yeah. No matter who they are, I, there's nobody I don't like. Yeah. I love I love these kids. I think each one has something and it's something that needs to be celebrated. Yeah. How about you, Mr. Costello? I, I think what I was talking about before that, uh, as you see students that you had years ago and you see them doing well and mm. they share with you the impact that you had on their lives yeah, and you meet their kids you know, yes. and you realize how long you've been teaching. We here. Um, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it just, there was just on Facebook out of nowhere. A kid, she wasn't even in my classroom. She was in the other fifth grade classroom. But yeah. she, she made a point and noticed she's some type of writing she's doing now. And she was talking about how, well, I want to thank this teacher and Mr. Costello oh for, gosh. you know, yeah. believing in me and, um, you know, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Oh, yeah. man, that's worth it. I think okay. I know whose post that was. <laughs> you probably do. Her name, Kaya? 
Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. And I'm like, Aww. he was my teacher first. No. <laughs> He's my Costello. He's my Costello. <laughs> how about how about you, Mr. Zona? Well, again, I don't tend to think in terms of legacy. I'm like here and now. Mm-hmm. In the here and now, I want mm-hmm. I just, you know, I want you to feel that I treated you well. And I do apologize to any students that I haven't made feel well. Mm-hmm. You know, and because mm-hmm. earlier in my career I wasn't as I don't know, good at what I'm doing. Under uh, you know no, I can't say not understanding, but you blunt. I mean Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will say I used to be more harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, um, that is what I hope, you know, that mm-hmm. you just know that you were right, liked, appreciated, you know. I do feel, I hope, like, I don't think I'm someone who, like, has favorites. Like, everybody yeah. feels yeah, whatever. Well, I just want to put this in. She's saying that right now, but we all know who the golden child is. <laughs> exactly. All- I want to just tell one other story that's in my mind. You were talking about graduating and how yeah. Joanna got you through in yeah. my because of my daughter being the same age, I was at that graduation. Yeah. And I'll never forget you going across that stage. Yeah. <laughs> and getting that diploma and like Aww. putting your fist up. And you got one of the biggest cheers yeah. out of that crowd. It was. And the people pulling for you. Yeah. And um, so glad, so proud of you, so happy for you yeah. to see you reaching that point. Mm-hmm. That's just, I thought it embodied a lot of things that educators try to do. And, um, you know, one of my proudest moments was walking across that stage and how symbolic it was for me that w- told myself I beat the odds. Mm-hmm. I, you had the Ahana stole. I on. did. Mm-hmm. You paid for my ca- cap and gown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also paid for my yearbook. And I will always be appreciative of that. because um, I don't remember. She don't remember, but I do. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, beat... In in that moment, walking across that stage, a lot of people counted me out, and being able to, yeah, it mm. it was it was a moment. I am so proud to have you guys here with me. Um, it has meant the world to me to have this sit down with you. You are such big pieces in in my life. Um, I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you do for this. You know, you're retiring. You're you're. Your legacy is here. Your legacy mm. is here. You know what I mean? You're still continuing. And, and I know the woman you are, there's no there's no hold bars. And um, with each and every one of you, you've, you've given me something that nobody else could have given. And, um, you know, to reflect on that through this time, um, I just want to say thank you for coming on. And I love you. And um, you will always be near and dear to my heart. And I want you to understand. Um, mm-hmm. I love you. I love so. you too, Xavier. No, I love you. And thanks for letting us tell our story. Yeah. Be interested. It's been an honor. Yeah. It's been great. So with that being said, <laughs> spearhead out. All right. <laughs>